Hello and welcome to Film Insight. Where, what, what is Film Insight? Oh yeah, it's where we talk about film. And we uncover the mysteries of the business behind the film industry. That's a that's always a good thing. I've I've always I always appreciate the fact when we are able to go in and and uh, chisel away at the at the mystery of film and uh, making a living in this business. It's quite a tricky task. Yeah, definitely. So uh, who are we talking to today? This week we actually have two guests on at Ooh. the same time. It wow. is Claudia Christian of Babylon 5 and the producer of the new documentary, One Little Pill, as well as the other producer and director of the documentary, Adam Schomer. Nice. So uh, we're going to be talking about their kind of their, their journey through uh, making the film, getting it funded and getting it distributed, right? Exactly. Sounds good. All right. So uh, let's jump on in. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. All right. On the line with us is Claudia Christian and Adam Schomer. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Thank you, Ben. Doing great. Thanks for having us on. Good. They're here to talk a little bit about their documentary, One Little Pill. And I'm just going to let you tell us about it, Claudia or Adam. Take it away. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start. Um, I approached Adam because I had written a book called Babylon Confidential based on my experiences using the Sinclair method, which is a treatment for alcohol use disorder with a nearly 80% long-term success rate. And I was successful using it in 2009, and I wished to spread the word. After I wrote the book, I realized that it's more of a visual society and we should make a film about it. And I spoke with the doctors and they encouraged me to make this documentary. And through a mutual friend, I found the wonderful Adam Schomer, the talented, award-winning documentary filmmaker. And I was so blessed to have found him because he made an extraordinary, moving, uh, wonderful tribute to this, this wonderful man who recently passed, Dr. David Sinclair, who came up with the Sinclair Method. And also followed the the lives of some of the people that I've personally put on the Sinclair method, and also managed to show the science of, behind the Sinclair method in a very captivating and easy to comprehend manner. So I'm just so joyed that I that I met him and that we collaborated on this because he's an unbelievably talented man. And, and you know, Claudia approached me, and it, I really didn't know a lot about this this topic. You know, by the end, this film has really, really touched me, touched my life, and especially the work Claudia is doing day to day, which you know might not come through as much as it could in the film of how often she's on emails with people, talking to people, really just helping people. And so when I saw that and saw what this film could do, and realized some of my family members that uh, suffered from alcoholism that I didn't even know about. I really latched onto this film and wanted to um, do everything we could to make it quickly and also to get it out there, get it out there quickly, which I think we'll probably go into some of the distribution stuff. You know, how do you get something like this out there quickly and start helping people right away? Yeah, I, I must say that just to interject, one of the most touching things is that before Dr. Sinclair passed, he managed to watch one little pill on YLE in Finland, which was our first sale. He watched it five times. It aired five times and he watched it every single time. And he was so touched that we made this film. And I'm so happy that he managed to see it before he before he passed away. Um, that just that just makes me so happy. But uh, in reference to how many people this is this is reached, I mean, we're 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 up to 
almost about six, 700,000 people right now on the website. And a lot of them have seen the film. They've just shared it or downloaded it. Or a lot of people in Finland have contacted me. So right now I'm coaching hundreds of people from all over the world. And it really, if this documentary could possibly be seen in the US on a major station, I think we could literally save millions of lives. And I'm not exaggerating in that way because I've seen the results of a tiny country like Finland and how many people it's helped already. Well, that's fantastic. So you've told us a little bit about how the story came into being and how the project started. How did you guys go about funding? Indiegogo and Kickstarter and my science fiction fans. I was on a series called Babylon 5 back in the 90s, and I have a, a massive uh, fan base because science fiction fans rock. They are the most loyal people in the world. And they basically funded the film. You know, we, we had a little outside help from a private donator. Most of it, though, was crowd fundraising. Had you done any crowdfunding before? Uh, I have to raise money for C3 Foundation, my nonprofit foundation that I opened in 2013. Uh, I do a lot of crowdfunding. Recently, I just raised $8,000 so that we could provide DVDs of One Little Pill to physicians around the world. We're going to manufacture a, a, a real proper-looking DVD with information and, and include a UBS with more information about the Sinclair Method and send those packages out to doctors all around the United States and, and internationally as well. Personally, I have, I've, on a couple, I've done some, never fully funding a film in this, in this fashion. Uh, Claudia really, like she said, she has these loyal fans. I think I, I need to be on a sci-fi series soon. So yeah. <laughs> Every uh, <laughs> has to be on a sci-fi series. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking into that as soon as possible. So what's your experience, Adam, with crowdfunding as compared to Claudia, who has more of the celebrity factor, which can, which is a huge thing for crowdfunding, as we've seen with the guy from Scrubs and all of those right. sorts of projects? Right. Yeah, Zach Braff is who you're talking about. And also, you, you had the recent thing with uh, Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion just having a really wildly successful crowdfunding campaign for their uh, narrative series at the same time. So having that celebrity kind of uh, draw definitely helps. And, and Claudia, you know, I'm I'm longtime Babylon 5 fan, so I'm not going fanboy <laughs> on you, but I just wanted to say that it was, it, you know, I followed you very closely in terms of, of your online uh, activities and it's inspiring to see that you're using your celebrity for such a great cause, but also that, uh, you know, it is more the exception than the rule when it comes to crowdfunding. But anyhow, let's let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more. Yeah, in detail. I mean, it, I, I do. I do agree. I mean, I, I have Penn Teller recently raised over a million dollars with my friend Adam Rifkin and they're making their film. I think it's it's a wonderful medium to exploit. But I think there is a saturation right now that people are getting burnt out. And if you don't have something that either is is extremely viable to them, interesting to them, like a remake of Buffy or whatever you want to say, or if it's something where, you know, a heartfelt cause like this, where you're actually feeling like you're helping to save lives. I think that certainly helped it. I think if I was just raising money to make some cartoon or something, it wouldn't have been as effective. Yeah, and I mean, social issue, issue as she mentioned, and, and any, anything in the niche I did one where, you know, we were motorcycling in the Himalayas. We had done a documentary beforehand, The Highest Pass, and we went back to do a docu-series. So we already had some fans from the film, and we had people that even studied with the the, the teacher or the guru that leads it that would step in and, and give us some money. So there's already kind of that fan base in, in some ways. That always helps. And another film, The Polygon, that was dealing with radiation in Kazakhstan. Again, not that it had a fan base by any means, at least as a social issue. And the woman that was producing that has a lot of friends that would just 
you know, kick in. Like I was just saying, it, it's tough to really fund it fully, but you can definitely get some some money that comes in and helps the film at least take off or, or get that extra step that needs to go to finish. Yeah. So now that you had the film funded, were there any particular challenges in shooting the film or was it fairly straightforward? Um, of course, always challenges. You know, one of the big things right off is is knowing you know what style of film we're doing and what characters we're following. And we knew we had Claudia, and she's fantastic on screen. Her story is amazing. She's passionate. But we wanted to watch people real time going through the method. Claudia, before she would drink, still takes the pill, but she's been using it for what five years now, Claudia. So since two thousand nine, six years. Luckily, we found Steve. <laughs> yeah. So we found we found actually where I am right now. I'm in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, a guy named Steve in Royal Oak, Michigan. We were really just looking for characters right away. One of the early characters, if you remember Claudia, she was on board for a little bit. And then even after I'd filmed a couple of interviews with her, she jumped ship. So yeah. And also you can talk about the one who we, he filmed this woman in Chicago and then she asked to be blurred. Right. So those kind of challenges where you're dealing with a really sensitive topic and characters, not only that aren't used to being on film, but, you know, exposing this big part of their life, alcoholism and a new method. And what's that? What's the effect going to be on my family? Steve here in Roy Loke was very, very open to filming himself along the process. But at one point, he's like, I really don't want my kids shown, even though I had shown his kids. And one, his ex-wife at one point was was causing some issues. Yeah. And like I said, one lady dropped out early. And then in Chicago, the lady who's anonymous in the film, uh, I believe we call her Karen in the film. Mm -hmm. She's a great story. Her daughter, you know, had issues and they both went to, to rehab. Her daughter almost died and they both went to rehab. And she really actually wanted to do the method to also show her daughter there's another way because tell an Irish girl who's 25, you can never drink alcohol again for the rest of your life it is in, in her eyes, like not possible in that culture. So what's a, another method that doesn't say abstinence is the only choice. So she really wanted to try it not only for herself, but also for her daughter to show that there's something else there that worked. And so she's a great character. And the kind of the kick was that her husband really didn't support her in this, didn't want her to get better. And cause he's in the healthcare world and has a lot in some ways to lose or a lot of friends that are in the rehab industry. And she felt if she was known that she, she did this, that would really mess up her marriage and cause a lot of issues. And who knows, drive her to drink again. You know, so you got this really tough situation of you don't want to put the other person under stress and you want to respect their privacy, but you need to get the word out there to help other people. So those are some of the challenges. And yeah, he had to end up re-editing it to cut her face out and to basically make her anonymous. Yeah, so we had to really change the storyline and bring in another character, um, you know, a good three quarters of the way through the process. And I think for the better in the end, to be honest. You, you got to fly by the seat of your pants. And Adam's very good at quick changes and coming up with new ideas to cover up things that we had to rectify. Absolutely. Thanks. That's always the thing with the documentary film is that, you know, you, you write your treatment, you go out and you raise funds for it, you start to shoot, and then suddenly the story kind of shifts on you. And then you're kind of like, now you're, you, it is exactly, you're thinking on your feet, you're kind of like, well, how do I adapt for this? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I could see that that would be a really big challenge. What I think is interesting about that is that, that also that just the story that it sounds like you've come up with it does have a lot of those interesting kind of conflicts and, and interpersonal kind of uh, uh, problems that really kind of help make it more of a universal uh, uh, appeal, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we also shot in three different, four, four countries, you know, India, Finland, the UK and America. So it is rather international. 
Yeah, yeah, universal appeal, and nice. and you know, and interesting to watch. To be honest, you want to watch somebody go through something, and you want to watch the challenges that this lady in Chicago is having with her family and a winemaker in uh, up in Napa Valley. It's her job, you know, and just try leaving your career, you know, and and helping yourself at the same time. So, it's interesting to watch, and it really represents a broad spectrum. Like Claudia said, India as well. It's a whole different world, but you don't, you know, you forget that alcoholism is not just an American thing, and AA is not going to work over there. I, I think that a lot of people just neglect to realize that 3.3 million people die every year from this. It's it's bigger than AIDS, bigger than malaria, bigger than most cancers. I mean, it's and it's so prevalent in every single country in the world. Uh, it, yeah. it touches everybody. You walk into a room of 100 people and have them raise their hands. How many people know somebody who has a drinking problem? I guarantee you 99.9% of the people will raise their hands. Yeah, that sounds about right. I definitely uh, know some friends that I will be introducing this Good. movie to. <laughs> Good. Uh, now that we've talked a little bit about how you got the movie funded and a bit about the challenges of producing a documentary like this, how did you go about getting your first television deal? Uh, you know... In in this case, well, of course, you know, you finish you finish the film, make sure the film is good. Uh, that's important. Make sure the film is is good, and you've got notes from people and and such. And then you know, writing up the one pager that's attractive and getting notes on that. And we, I went to Sheffield Documentary Festival and started reaching out in Europe. And we, you know, through Claudia's contacts, through my contacts, we just reach out to anyone we know at any network. And in this case, with Finland. Not only did I get through, but also we had through Stephanie Sinclair as well, knew, knew the network. Finland's a smaller country. You know, you invariably know people quicker. And, you know, we got them to look at it. As soon as they looked at it, they had a response with, for us within two days that they wanted the film, which is super quick. You know, if you think of America and like having a network look at it to, to hear back that quickly uh, is amazing. So they just jumped right on it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's atypical, though, don't you think? I mean, uh, I think part of the reason why it was perhaps uh, so successful was is that it's a very niche subject matter, but it's also uh, very apropos to Finland's culture well, as well. Don't they he, have a yeah, relatively... Yeah, Dr., Dr. Sinclair is an American scientist who was living in Finland for 30 years, and, and he was working with Contra yeah. All to bring the Sinclair method to Finland, and that was their primary treatment for alcoholism in Finland for years. They, they saved almost 100,000 people there. You know, they, they, that's, that's the treatment they used before they joined the EU, and that's when the financing got cut. Prior to that, this was the go-to method in Finland. So naturally, being that he was living there, and also that, that the scientific corporation Contra All was there that um, promotes the Sinclair method, of course, YLE was used to listening, to hearing about the Sinclair method. It's very it's very common there. People know about it there. So it was a much more natural fit than it is in, in an American situation where, you know, we're, we're hitting up all of these various channels and, and they're saying, what? what? What is this? I mean, even when I was on Larry King, Larry King said, I've never heard of this. You know, um, my, my, my co-guests uh, on that show, nobody had ever heard of the Sinclair Method. That's the problem that we face. That's why we wanted to make this film and that's why we're trying to get American distribution and other as much distribution as possible. You know, it's, it's interesting because Adam and I, the, the one piece of feedback that we continue to get is that they, people say, well, it's like an infomercial for the Sinclair method. And my argument is, well, when you watch 
a documentary on the history of AA, they don't mention the Sinclair method. So, you know, I mean, this, this is a, a documentary about the Sinclair method. It's, that's, that's what it's about. So we, naltrexone is a generic FDA approved drug. We're not touting anything. We're not making any money off of any pharma company or anything. We're simply trying to educate people about the Sinclair method. And that's what the film is about. So, you know, if people, people either look at it that way or they don't. Yeah. You know, um, and YLE, just for context for filmmakers out there, uh, YLE is like PBS in Finland. Okay, so very strict guidelines to put something on PBS, very strict guidelines to put something on YLE. So to, to know that it's shown there is is great credit to the film and that it's not, you know, overly one-sided. And, you know, for a filmmaker out there, also it was just good timing. You know, the universe came together because they were doing a big spot on alcoholism. So they were going to run, you know, 10 different films about alcoholism in, in different ways. And that's what you're dealing with. MSNBC was very, very interested in this film. I was talking with, with their development exec um, for a long time. She loved the film. She maybe might have made a couple changes here and there. But the question is, where is it going to fit exactly in our slot with TV? And they have certain ideas. So and likewise, you know, PBS is like, hey, we can't do anything on addiction. We don't do addiction. History Channel, except that they have their slot. So it's, it, it is a difficult game to play spec in that way with TV because they have certain ideas. But um, that's why now is such a special time, I think. If you're not going to TV, we can get it out online, and we are online on demand right now, so people can watch it and start creating the buzz behind it. And, and a TV station can come in afterwards and be like, wow, you know, 200,000 people have watched this online. Maybe this is something we need to show, and then create a little bit of a forum around it or a, you know, whatever you want to call it, like a news segment around it as well where we're bringing in some experts and talk. Excellent. So um, you are available online right now. How are you going about distributing online? We're online through Vimeo and through VHX. So if you go to One Little Pill Film or One Little Pill Movie.com, you get the links to, to either fully download it and fully rent it. And I believe through VHX, it even gives users the option to pay more, which is cool for a, a social cause film if they're, they want to rent it or download it but pay $20. They know all that's going to a foundation a nonprofit foundation, as Claudia mentioned, the C3 Foundation. If you go to One Little Pill Film or One Little Pill Movie, or even if you're on Vimeo, because Vimeo is an app on a lot of people's smart TVs. If you go to Vimeo and search One Little Pill, it'll come up, you're right on your TV, you click rent, and you're in. Yeah, it's $3.99 to rent, $9.99 to own, and you can watch it as many times as you want. And every single penny of the proceeds go to the C3 Foundation, which we do everything for free. I coach people for free. We supply physicians with information, every, we're, we are a complete nonprofit, C353503. So, I mean, you know, at least, you know, when you're renting the film, you're, you're doing something to help somebody get better. So actually I was going to ask, you put the film up on Vimeo and VHX and it, is that partly because on Vimeo you do have, you do have apps or set top boxes that include uh, Vimeo kind of access? Is that why? Or? Absolutely. And the ease of getting it up there is a lot easier than uh, the Amazon and iTunes. The time to market is quicker. It's on your device. It's also from a revenue standpoint, you, re you take 90% and they get 10%. So it's really good for the filmmakers. And I think everyone sees Vimeo is growing and growing and it's more out there. And likewise, you know, part of why we release like this, because it's timely, it's incredibly timely. We've said if we're not on a station by X date, we're just putting it out there. 
Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we're doing. And I talked, you know, like I said, with MSNBC, again, for the filmmakers out there, I, I just asked her, they were still thinking about it. I said, if we went out on VHX and Vimeo, was that going to hurt our discussion with you? She said, absolutely not. She's like, you might receive less money from us because it's been out there, but these aren't the kind of things that dent or or preclude us from then airing it. Not at all. So that was cool to hear. So we just went ahead okay. and, and did that. You know, some other people might say, oh, once you're online, X and Y, but we were in discussion with her. She said, absolutely not. It's not going to be a problem if you've already shown for us, for the, for the TV, for them, for MSNBC, it wasn't an issue. And you know, the inter interesting thing about the, okay. uh, the people who buy it to own it, um, the average viewing, even when this, this stands also for the rentals, is 10 times. People view the film 10 times each rental or purchase, which is just staggering. That means they're watching it over and over again, showing it to their family members, showing it to their loved ones. Obviously, they're sharing it with the people who need it, which is the reason why we didn't want to wait for a U.S. distribution deal, because we realized this, this could literally save lives. And it has, just by being up on Vimeo and VHS. On that note, um, yeah. we actually use VHX to uh, distribute our educational workshops on the film industry. There's a certain piece of functionality through VHX that allows you to, that if someone purchases the film, they're able to share a rental with three of their friends for free. Have you enabled that or is that something you're, you haven't experimented with yet? Great question. I don't think we've enabled that. I don't know. You can send it as a gift and you can um, obviously watch it multiple times so you can share it. But you, I don't think you can share the link. But uh, uh, with with you can't send the link to somebody. They have to be with you watching it. We might look into it. It's good to know that that, that exists. I, I wasn't aware, to be honest. Yeah, I would look into that for VHX because, uh, yeah, they do have this. It's not the same thing as giving away the link, Claudia. This is actually where if you purchase it, you actually have the ability to share it with share a free rental oh, okay. with three other people. And so that could be a way for them to gain access to it. So you can be like, God, you know, I know somebody that needs to see this. And then they send it off and it, and it, and that can actually lead to uh, yeah. you know, more sales, obviously, Awareness. because it's spreading word of mouth. So it's a, it's, it's a, Great. it's a marketing tool. It's definitely yeah, a we'll marketing aspect it. of this. Um, but we're still hope, really hoping for a U.S. distribution deal. Oh, well. uh, uh, no, I totally understand. Actually, this brings me back because what you mentioned was that the, the proceeds from, from Vimeo and VHX are going to the, uh, the nonprofit. How are you getting paid as a filmmaker here? Is this, I mean, how is it? You're asking me. How are you me? making a living How at this? <laughs> yes. Right. Well, yes. you know, obviously the money Claudia raised, she paid me while we were in production and all the way through, um, you know, mm -hmm. through getting the film out. So uh, I was very blessed that, you know, obviously I was getting paid as a filmmaker and not waiting for the film to make money in order for that. So I just, of course, then move on to my next project. I care deeply about uh, One Little Pill and do everything I can to help it get distribution and, and things like this, because it's just, like I said, you know, you start to feel what Claudia is doing day in, day out, and you want to at least do something, you know, to help, to help some people um, find this method. And the method is actually getting a lot, a lot of press in general. Now, Trekzone's getting a lot of press. It's becoming a little bit more known day by day. So Yeah, we were just we're in, the in the Atlantic. Uh, our, our film was mentioned in Atlantic Magazine this month, uh, which which was the April edition of the Atlantic, which is very exciting. There was a large article, and they mentioned um, One Little Pill. Uh, Gabrielle Glazer discussed uh, alternative treatments for alcoholism, which was wonderful. And we were also mentioned in Reader's Digest and obviously on Larry King and, you know, we're just trying to get as much press as possible, but uh, it's, it's in the air. The NHS in Ireland recently approved nalmefine, which is the sister drug of naltrexone for alcohol use disorder. And they're actually giving it to people for free. 
So it's all over the UK now. Uh, France is using it. Uh, Germany and Italy are in line. Um, you know, it's it's something that I believe in my heart within a decade will be a mainstream treatment for for AUD. I think that it's great that you guys are helping to spread the word about this through really quite a great documentary. And you know, Ben, the, the other thing in terms of getting paid, like, you know, I put we put this film to a lot of other people and another film that I just finished called The Polygon was coming out at a certain time. So sharing these with networks, even if we're getting a pass, those networks are aware of my work too. So as a filmmaker, there's um, there's there's that benefit. And some of those networks have brought me in since for general meetings to say, hey, what else do you have? This is what we're looking for for documentary and docuseries and can lead them to the next project. And so all, all that helps as a filmmaker to stay busy to stay active and, and have a chance to then get, get my next film out there or my next, I'm really looking more to docu-series. Well, I think we should probably start to wrap it up. Thank you guys again for coming on the show. Good luck with everything you're doing. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So let's recap some of the, the places where people can go to find out more about the film and um, information. Uh, well, for them. I, I would suggest going to c3foundation.org. That's the letter C and then three is spelled out foundation.org. That's where you can find out all about the Sinclair method and download pamphlets for your doctor or whatever. And one little pill movie.com or one little pill film.com will get you to the links for Vimeo and VHX. And of course on uh, your Vimeo app, on your smart TV, you just search one little pill, should come up easily and you can rent it. Yep. Well, thanks again. And I, I look forward to seeing it again. Thank you. Thank you both very much for having us on the show. Thanks guys. Yeah. You yeah, appreciate it. your time guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that was quite interesting. It's, have we had any documentary filmmakers on before? Uh, well, Mark Smolowitz, right? That's right, right. Yeah, uh, Mark. yeah. So we've of we've course, talked Mark. with documentary filmmakers in the past, but the, that was more in the vein of producing as the craft, and this was more about kind of the the process of you know kind of just making sure that it's not broadcast is not the panacea for everyone that that I think uh, uh, they're finding you know that that everyone believes it is for documentary films. It's like PBS isn't for everyone. And I think that's the, the big takeaway from this. So, yeah, it was a really cool talk, and uh, it's fascinating. I, I look forward to seeing the film myself. So Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I actually have seen it. It is very good. I would recommend you go see it. And you as they said, you can find it on both Vimeo and VHX through the links in the description here. Nice. Okay. So uh, that does it for this week. Film Insight is a production of Producer Foundry, as, as we've told you before. Uh, you can find us online at filminsightpodcast.wordpress.com or at uh, the Producer Foundry website, producerfoundry.com. And we've got social media, don't we, Ben? We have social medias. We're at Producer Foundry on Twitter, facebook.com slash producerfoundry, as well as facebook.com slash groups slash producerfoundry. Cool. All right. So I guess that uh, that does it for this that uh, this time. That about does it this time. As right. signing off, I'm Randy. I'm not Randy. <laughs> you're Randy. No, you're not. You're Ben. Uh, I'm yes. Randy. I'm okay. Ben. I'm at the Gorilla Rep. And I'm Randy at uh, at Randy Hall is my uh, my Twitter handle. If you want to uh, find me, I talk about all kinds of stuff, not just film. So get get ready for your ears to explode. 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 I thought we all wanted right. them to listen. Now, well, we do, but uh, just, be, just be ready, man. That's all I'm saying. Okay, gotcha. Cool. See you next week. Bye. Cheers, everyone.